Welcome to the Journey Home Podcast. Life is full of twists and turns, and sometimes we get stuck or lost along the way. Our desire is to be a friend and resource to anyone who needs a little wisdom, advice, or encouragement on their journey. But most of all, we want you to know you're not alone. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, thank you for joining us today. Today I have my old and dear friend and mentor, He Jung on. And He Jung is a pastor's wife in New Jersey. And she has been basically my pastor's wife since I was like 18. <laughs> and so I really wanted to have her on today because um, I just love her and her husband and their family. They have four beautiful children and they are still pastoring in New Jersey. Uh, where I went to college. So now they're in a different part of New Jersey, but they're still in the state. So Heejung, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else you want to introduce yourself about or want to say? No, nothing more. I just want to thank you for this privilege, Eunice. You know, I would do anything to help you or be there for you. So this is an honor for me to be on here. And uh, let's just have fun together talking about inner healing, if that can can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. I've always appreciated how you and Pastor Sam always make time for Chris and I, which is huge, honestly. And we're honestly grateful over these over two decades of you guys just pouring into our lives. Um, I think the reason why I wanted to do this interview is over the past few years, especially, it just seems like in the news, you see like different ministry leaders, um, and just them falling into different sins, um, them needing to be disciplined in different areas. And it's been really kind of really challenging in a lot of ways. It's very uh, a time of, I guess, introspection for the church. And I really honestly feel like it's something the Lord has been doing to cleanse the church And so the reason why I wanted to have you on is just even just to talk about, um, because you and Pastor Sam have been in ministry over two decades, and I've just been grateful for your faithfulness in that. And so how were you and Pastor Sam introduced to inner healing? Oh, well, I was trying to reflect on that. That was a long time ago. We're saying late 1990s, I want to say close to 1999. Um, We were about to merge with another church at the time, and we were led by the senior pastor of this church, uh, Pastor Fred Sue, whom we love and will always remember so dearly. And basically, he took us to a conference. I think you were part of that, Eunice. At the time, Sam and I, we had a college church. You were part of that. It was our first time, all of us, not just us as leaders, but you guys as well as a church, ever being exposed to inner healing. Um, it was led by Steve Chua. I believe the ministry was Singing Waters. And it, it just did wonders. I remember that meeting when um, Holy Spirit was moving at the end for ministry. We began to recognize that our people had deep pain. Even in our own lives, we begin to recognize and make connections to, um, let's say, articulate some of the things that we're wrestling through with words and with connections to understand how that operates in a person's internal world. And it opened us up to a whole new level of reality and also ministry. And that was when we were first exposed. 
Yeah, that was actually for me, for sure, a turning point in my life. I felt like the Lord, I remember a ministry prayer time for those that were hurting, um, those who had been sexually abused or assaulted. And I remember the Lord very clearly speaking to me and was like, Eunice, these are my sheep that are hurting and you love them. What are you going to do for them? And that really was a pivotal time for me as well to just see like, oh, there are people that are really in deep pain and the Lord wants to use us just to help, I guess, draw them to a place of deeper healing. Um, so that was definitely pivotal for me as well. Um, why do you think healing is important for each believer? Um, well, just to go back a little bit on what you said, Eunice, uh, Sam and I actually still talk about that. Talk about you when you got impacted by that first session on the reality. <laughs> One of the example that he uses at retreat is like, <laughs> the first encounter with inner healing. Oh, okay? that's funny. Uh -huh. we, we saw how much, it, you know, it started to open up for you. So. Um, so why do I believe that inner healing is important for all believers? Why do I think it's important for all believers? Well, so basically inner healing is sanctification process, you know, and the Lord talks to us about, um, you know, you pray, you said it yourself in the beginning that we're in days of where the Lord is intentional about sanctifying the body of Christ mm. and the church in preparation for the return of Jesus. And that's all in scripture. None of us can deny that, right? Right. So as we move each day forward and each year forward, we're surely getting closer to the return of Jesus, never further away, right? So inner healing is part of God's sanctification process. So he has created us for connection with him, to be loved by him. And through that connection of love and capacity to receive that love, we can pour out naturally, you know, in his nature and likeness, that love onto you know, everyone that we encounter, and that will ultimately be the biggest witness that we will bear. But when we have wounding, especially in growing up, there are certain components of our life, like parents, authority figures, social connections, culture, all these different aspects of life were supposed to help us build a healthy identity of who we are as God's children. But, you know, for most people, I know it wasn't for me, you know, um, it didn't go well. So in that process of things not going well experientially in life, starting from young age, what happens is a person has what's called spiritual wounding. They, they take on a wounding into an aspect of their identity. An identity is a person's ability to say or know deep inside the core of themselves. I am loved just as I am. I'm lovable and acceptable just the way I am because God created me and God is my lovely, you know, beloved father who will always approve of me. But when there's the wounding, this aspect gets twisted and distorted in the internal world of a person and they can't say that. So what happens is there's shame, there's covers, there are defense mechanisms and all walls and all these things that build in a person and they're not able to walk out or appropriate who they are as a child of God or even appropriate the word of God. You can't force yourself to be nice, you know, when you're not feeling nice. How does that happen? Well, that 
you know, that can happen on a good day, a bad day for all of us. But if that's an aspect of you that's wounded, you'll never be able to walk out that portion of Christ in you. So inner healing helps to resolve where the spiritual woundings took place so that God can bring that love and the fullness of Christ into that part of ourselves who was wounded. Hmm. That's awesome. So how has inner healing impacted and helped like your own life and also your ministry? Oh gosh, for my own life, it's made a huge difference. I mean, Eunice, you've known me for how many years now? I don't know. Hi, 25 at least. Yeah. <laughs> Remember you as a college student. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, obviously the Lord is so redemptive. He knew my background. He had already pinpointed me that part of my destiny would be that I would be teaching and walking in inner healing and helping people find their own healing. So while I was young, in the early foundational years before six, Satan took a big strike at my life. Um, you know, I come from a wounded background, immensely wounded background. I would talk openly about it, but I'm not sure um, how certain members of my family might feel knowing that this is going on YouTube. So <laughs> that's real. Ask for permission first. <laughs> but, um, basically, I had a lot of wounds, a lot of pains coming, even culturally, you know, cultural aspects and even in the church, through the church, I think people meant well, but it didn't always go well for me. And the Lord walked me through inner healing. First exposure, like I shared, was with Steve's ministry, late 90s. But then when we did merge um, as one church, we became this bigger church and we invited Steve's ministry, Singing Waters, regularly. Uh, Donna Parishin was the leader at the time. They'd come through. They would do these two-week training schools, and through that, I would receive my different aspects of healing. Um, the first layers, peeling away the initial layers, the different walls that I had, the shame walls, the sense that I'm not lovable, acceptable the way I'm, all these things starting to kind of become revealed uh, to me in a tangible way. And uh, then I got introduced to Barbara Golf from Michigan, Whole Heart Healing. And you actually, Eunice, I think are the one that introduced me to her, got connected. I had my first deep inner healing session. It was, I remember four days, four, four hours per day. It was for 16 hours. You know, I was receiving ministry and a lot of my childhood, which I didn't recollect, you know, consciously began to come together for me. And it made sense to me why I operated the certain ways that I did in relationship, the walls that I had and all these things start to become exposed. So that's just the beginning, you know, from there, there was more different, just in the Lord's timing, different seasons of my life, the Lord would deal with certain layers of healing that I needed, mother issues, father issues, community issues. Um, ultimately, all of those things, healing those different layers, removing lies that I believed about myself, about others, about God and what he's like to me, about life in general and society, removing all of those different lies. The Lord was able to bring truth where those lies were in me, and then I can live out more fully. I'm not saying I'm there 100%, and none of us will be until we see Jesus face to face, but I can live out more fully who I am as a daughter, 
I know better that I am so loved, whether I'm good or not, and all of these lies that worked out. So it helped me immensely to become who I am today. I wouldn't be walking or living the way I am. It wasn't for inner healing. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I remember those days clearly. And I did see a huge transformation in a lot of people in our church, including you. Like I saw just honestly for you, I felt like it was almost like a a night and day, like light switch kind of moment, um, which is amazing. But I've seen that healing just um, impact now all these years later how you parent and how you and Pastor Sam minister also um, to your current church and to other churches and your network and stuff. So it's really been beautiful to see. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I'm curious too, like how it has impacted your current ministry because you are largely uh, Asian American church. Is that correct? We are predominantly Asian. Uh-huh. We and like I to think call ourselves multi-ethnic. Multi-ethnic. But I just feel like, especially among Asian people, because you li- also live in just a heavily Asian populated area in New Jersey, <laughs> near New York. And in that area, I just feel like for a lot of Asian people, these are very new concepts of just even like counseling, or anyone even needing healing, or for Asian people, I know a huge one is acknowledging that our parents could even have done anything wrong in our childhood. So could you speak into that a little, like how you see the need um, just at your church or just in your area or as you've worked with other churches? Yes. I think one of the faults, if I may say, and this is in no criticism to anyone or any church um, of the church could be not having inner healing um, in their church. Because I think society in general, whether you're Christian or not, the aspect of needing to find ourselves and know who we are, um, know, know our identity and that we are created for relationship, we're created for love, and only out of the essence of receive the capacity to receive that love will we be able to even find all other aspects of our life, which is destiny, um, community, all the things that people are looking for in life to get filled, right? So I think that it's um, very important for church to bring in the portion of inner healing and it has to begin with um, leadership to get exposed to it. You can't have people, other people in the church running it if leadership is not the one that is convicted about it because it has, everything has to flow from top down. The conviction has to flow from top down because it'll, it'll be, it'll be um, integrated into all aspects of the relationship in the church once you bring an inner healing people feel that they can be vulnerable people feel that oh it's not shameful for me to admit to these things that happened to me or shameful for me to say i struggle in this area and that i need to it brings in vulnerability it brings in transparency it brings in a different level of intimacy into the church 
when we can have inner healing. So this is a very important aspect. And I believe in this current day that the Lord is moving and he is um, bringing it more and more as he prepares his bride. We keep talking about this, but as the Lord is preparing his bride for the return, the process of sanctification can't really be carried out unless there's inner healing, which I want to translate for the sake of this interview in terms of transparency, vulnerability, getting real with one another and with self and allowing God to do that deep work of making the heart whole. So yes, we, want, we do allow our ministry. Um, we do allow other people to come to our retreats that we hold and we do what we can to help different churches that are in our network. But whoever comes, you know, it's, it's, it's the Lord's work. So this is very important aspect to all churches around the world, I believe. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree with that completely. I've seen that as you know, as you know, Chris and I have moved around a lot. So we have uh, been a part of different ministries and churches. And in that time, I've also seen that as well is if they only have like a little inner healing counseling department and the top leaders don't really like uh you know aren't fully like on board with all of that I I do feel like there has been like a cap in a lot of these ministries and stuff of just um seeing healing go forth if it's not just like in the DNA of like the whole church if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so I completely agree with that um yeah And I I do love like just um, vulnerability, being real, being able to just be humble. I feel like vulnerability helps us stay humble, but also just helps us see like the need for God in our lives and also other people like community. Um, So I agree with that completely. Um, Yeah. I mean, so interject uh, yeah. right now it, what you're saying is so important because we can have relationship with god i mean relationship with god is always two ways it's with him and with one another you can't separate the two because the bible says how can you love god if you don't really love your brother or sister right so it's always to the measure that we are able to really love each other is to the measure that we truly love god because god says you know you love me by obeying my commands And our commands are to love one another and all of those beautiful um, words of scripture. So you make a good point that in a church, we can't truly have fellowship to the measure that we're called to. We can't truly harmonize in the spirit to the measure that brings this unity of faith that only Holy Spirit can do till we allow God that deep work of sanctification, but also you know, by the means of transparency and vulnerability, admitting to, to the pain, admitting to the need for God to heal us directly by him, but also through one another and the love that comes through one another. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's fun. Um, so along with that, I just want to share this scripture in James, which is very familiar to many of us, but it's James 5. Um, verse 13, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And this scripture just helps me see how there is like, again, mm -hmm. affirming what you're just saying about the need of community, us speaking forth just you know, what we're struggling with, whether it's sin that we're struggling with or whether it's sin that has been against us. Because something like abuse, that is against us. And so that doesn't seem like a sin that needs to be confessed by you, but just the shame that comes with it. I feel like when we step into community and get with, um, you know, like a mentor or a counselor or a coach or someone who can help us, walk through that there is freedom i mean it says that there is freedom in this i feel like and so um i just want to encourage people with that because i feel like that's something whether you are a top leader in the church or whether you're not i just feel like every single person this scripture is relevant to and so, yeah, I just want to just affirm that. And I'm grateful that that was something that was taught to me at a pretty young age as a college student. It's funny because even um, a couple weeks ago, I think it was like two weeks ago, Chris and I went to a marriage conference at our church, had no idea what the marriage conference was going to be about, but I just love things like that. And Chris knows that. So he signed us up for my sake. <laughs> because he knows um, I love stuff like that. And so we went and it's funny because the topic of the marriage conference was godly sexuality in marriages. And so they brought in these sex therapists as the main speakers. And it was really surprising. And it's actually um, funny, really surprising because number one, we totally didn't know what the marriage conference was going to be about. So we we're just like, oh, cool. But what was really cool was when I was reflecting about it is how I'm so grateful for the teaching I received in my youth at our church um, because, you know, as an Asian American person, it's not something that was taught to me in my family, obviously. Well, okay, maybe that's not obvious to people, but most Asian families do not talk about godly sexuality to their children, but being taught it in my teens and early 20s from the Bible helped me to really have a good paradigm even for my marriage and also for um, my parenting. Mm -hmm. And so I was really grateful for that because also then later that Sunday in the church bathroom, I overheard ladies talking. And I heard them say, man, this is the first time I've ever heard teaching like this in my life in church. And these were older ladies that were married. And I was really just grateful for our church, that our church would bring in speakers like this, because even if it's some people for their first time, like I praise God that they're at least hearing it for the first time. Maybe it can help their marriages and also help their um, parenting. And so, but then it also made me reflect and be grateful to just um, our old church <laughs> and how we got that teaching when we were young, you know, to help us, help launch us into our families and um, ministries and things like that. I don't know. 
I think that just creating a culture in general in the church where, you know, everybody says, let's just be real. You know, we all have the same needs at the end of the day, um, you know, and for you, like, what does that look like in your sphere? And for you, what does that look like in your sphere? Creating that kind of dialogue and um, just open culture for one another, I think frees mm. people to be able to say, you know, I have this need because I think the two um, main thieves of um, intimacy are basically shame, you know, hiding and not being able to come out of that um, vocalizing one's need or vocalizing the fact that someone is in pain. Um, and the other one is fear, just being afraid to be the first to speak up about something or being afraid to be different than what others are doing, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's beautiful that as you're sharing, you, your church has created a culture um, that invites people to just freely say, hey, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? And what are our needs? And speak about that. Is it godly sexuality? Whatever it may be, the different aspects. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are going to that kind of a community. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, we have been blessed there for sure. Um, so uh, as we wrap up, I was just wondering, do you have any last thoughts or encouragements for people listening? Yeah, I think that, I think everyone should know that each one of us is created beautiful, amazing, acceptable. And the fact that you've gone through certain things or you feel certain things um, about yourself or just maybe in general things that Christians would say are ungodly doesn't make, doesn't say that there's something wrong with you, but it does reveal that there is an aspect of you that the Lord probably wants to touch and bring freedom to so that you can enjoy all aspects of yourself in relationship with him and with one another. So if your church does not have inner healing and you're hearing this, uh, watching this video and this message seems to speak to you somehow, there are many ministries that are out there that do inner healing. But what, would, what I would encourage is that you go talk to your leader and you talk to them about what you're going through and work through with them the possible ministries that you can seek out to help you in this area that you may be struggling with in terms of your own identity or shame or need and not keep it hiding or keep it hidden. Because all of us, like we've been saying through this video, we all have the same need and that's to be loved and to know that we're lovable and acceptable just the way we are. And the Lord has answers and Jesus brought those answers. So God just needs to free all of us from those lies that bind us and just replace it with his incredible transformative truth so that we could just live enjoying him and enjoying ourselves and enjoying one another. So that's my last encouragement for anyone that may need this. Yeah, that's awesome. I think something the Lord taught me through those early days of learning about inner healing and stuff is we all have a measure of brokenness because we live in a fallen world. We might have had incredible parents or we might not have had incredible parents, but regardless, is it's like, okay, and that he is our father and he wants to heal us. He doesn't want us to keep walking in pain or shame or brokenness, and that he really does want just the generational blessing to flow. 
what I mean by that is even like, let's say in your family, there was a lot of brokenness is that in the next generation, he does want to do that sanctifying process of healing in our lives so that those patterns and those sins and those woundings don't continue on through the generations. And I really believe that he can do that. Um, but it just, it might take some work. It might take grabbing an inner healing counselor, a friend, a mentor, um, pro, it, it takes proactively seeking that healing out, but that's, that's okay. You know, it's a process. Um, so I just want to share this other scripture, which is Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so I just want to also encourage anyone listening, just like, if you are wondering, like, is there healing for me is I believe that there is. Um, it might take some work on our side, like I just said, um, and it is sometimes a scary thing to delve into the pain of our past that we want to just keep buried inside. But as I've gotten older now, many of you know, I'm 43. <laughs> and as I've gotten older, I realize like the people who just have kept bottling, 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 bottling up their pain, inevitably over the years, it comes out. And you see that honestly, sometimes on display in the news through different ministry leaders that have, you know, fallen into sin or something's exposed or whatever. But you also just see that in just normal life is you see just, you know, that one person, they're just plowing in life. And then just suddenly something pops up and you're just like, whoa, like, where did that come from? You know? And the thing is, is I do believe that the Lord, he, um, I have met some people throughout my life where they have this perception of healing, where if I just pray hard enough, if I just read my Bible long enough, I will be healed. Now, I believe that can happen, but that would fall under the work of like a miracle versus like the normal average person. I think we do need to get with a counselor or an inner healing counselor or something like that to help us walk through that pain, identify that pain and step out of that. I think that is true for the majority of us. Now, I believe in miracles. <laughs> That's why I'm leaving that allowance for that person who might just get miraculously healed by the Lord. People realize too, that the Lord also provides people as coaches for our inner working in our inner lives too is that maybe you might have a miraculous healing, but more often than not, it takes the hard work of the, the lifestyle change of getting with someone, identifying the problems and really 
letting the Holy Spirit work that out in us. And the beautiful um, portion to that also is that um, we get to walk out that healing in community thereafter. Yes. So sometimes in a session like the one you're talking about, Eunice, God will do a measure of work mm-hmm. and he may not do it completely because the rest needs to be taken place through the community. Yes. And you may be the Lord to do that because he wants us to be growing together. He wants us to be knitted in this aspect of love and he wants us to experience the tangible love that is available for the body of Christ. So the more a community gets healed up, the more they're able to provide this kind of a reservoir for one another. Because if you have an unhealed community, though you may, Eunice, go get your inner healing, you come back in, they can actually trigger, you know, let's say your community issues that you're trying to walk out. But when it becomes a whole church culture, the inner healing portion, kind of going back to your prior question, when we have this whole culture created in a church where everybody knows that they're um, walking out their healing to different measures in different ways, then we can provide that kind of love. As people get healed, they have more love to be able to deposit out and it becomes this beautiful culture where the healing takes place in the community. Although it's also happening through different ministries, retreats and sessions like you're recommending, which is also very important but within the church context. And it's, yeah. it's a beautiful image. It's a beautiful image and it's very tangible and it happens. And it is the beautiful work ultimately of sanctification that God does in his body that allows us to be able to live that out. And then that's why the Jesus said, you know, the world would know that we are his disciples by our love. And it just through that natural love that we'll be able to deposit, we bring so much healing. It's so needed. Um, I mean, I could tell you stories of broken people who come through and experience um, the inner healing to one measure, but then it has to get concreted through the culture and the community coming around them, loving on them the way um, God wants us to, the biblical model of community. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Off the fly, can you think of one story like that of someone, the Lord healing someone, like you said, and then, but then the full measure of it is like walking it out within community. Cause I love that idea, that concept. I think it's so needed and you're right. Yeah. So actually I could tell you a pleasant day story um, of an individual who has a very traumatic upbringing, very difficult. And this individual It's only been coming through our church not too many years, uh, fairly new. I don't want to use actual numbers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I keep it very vague. Okay. But um, very traumatic. And every time I think about this individual's upbringing, it breaks my heart. But um, this individual went through one of our renewals, which we have two renewals, renewal one and renewal two. Renewal one is the basics of inner healing. We will talk about basic trust in growing up, bitter judgments, spiritual wounding formation, identity formation, how does this take place, et cetera, et cetera. Renewal two is more of walking out your healing, um, spirit world realities, how do you fight off accusations, rejection, all of these things. But, okay, wait, um, so these are retreats that you hold? 
Yes, these okay. are actually awesome. a few times throughout the year with a team. We do have a, a ministry team, inner healing team called the renewal, renewal team. And this individual went to one of our renewal ones and just huge impact. Um, just even the generational pain that was on this individual's life disenabled them from being able to run the race without the weight. Hebrews talks about to where to, you know, um, lift off all the weight um, and, and sin, you know, that so easily entangles us. But sometimes that weight, it's a, a lot of times or often that weight is a spiritual weight of the enemy, a bondage that's run down through the generations. And the Lord began to cut the cords of these generational pain that have run down the diff, the very unclean sins that have traveled and that have caused her a lot of pain. And from that part, she began to experience some measure of freedom, recognizing that the rejection that has run through her family line was not her fault, and that she is actually pleasing to the Lord and she's pleasing to have a relationship with. She always believed that there was something wrong with her because she had been so rejected. But rejection was so pervasive through their generational line, the enemy had the, the foothold of this cyclical pattern. And as these cords were cut and they were exposed by Holy Spirit and they were cut, she started to feel that she can actually engage a little more comfortably in relationships. However, the concreting needed to happen because she still felt this vulnerability that it's a new experience for her. Now her heart has experienced the light and truth about herself, but now experientially she has to walk this out. Now in a community where there's healing, people will be able to come and offer that grace and that acceptance that she needs sacrificially because of the fact that a lot of her early years of nurturing were not there. So she's exposed like a little girl now, experiencing life again. And what's it like gonna be for me in community? Am I gonna be rejected again? Satan would love to do that again with unhealed people, but a healed community can come along and discern that, see that needed, but also have the grace and the love in their heart to be able to offer the individuals in need, despite how sometimes they may be needier than the average person and walk that out. And that's an example. So this individual is coming to new levels of enjoying relationship that they haven't been able to do and also new levels of enjoying themselves and finding um, outlets for themselves that they never had the energy, the emotional energy to even invest in, to discover. And it's a beautiful unfolding of um, watching someone come into the fullness of who they are in Christ. Wow, that is beautiful. I love that. You and Pastor Sam are awesome pastors. I've always thought that because I feel that for sure that family aspect you guys bring in. Because what you're saying is like, okay, this person had a very broken family and now the body of Christ, we can be that family where finally a person can find rest in who they are in themselves, freedom from shame, that they can show who they truly are without being rejected, but really being loved and accepted. 
And I love that. And I'm grateful for you guys because I know that you guys also train other ministry leaders and minister to other ministry leaders, um, not just in your local church, but in your, in, you know, throughout the world. So I think that's beautiful. Um, so thank you guys. I just want to end this time sharing a dream about actually Hee-jung referenced our late pastor. His um, name was Fred Shu, and he was just such a father to many of us. And he and his wife really, um, his wife Malika showed us just about I, I just godliness, authenticity, um, love for the Holy Spirit. And I'm so grateful. And so actually something crazy is last week, I was having back pain right here. I woke up with a stiff neck and back and I was in pain. Like I couldn't um, sleep properly at night because of it. And so um, I had some people at church praying for me and then it wasn't going away. And my son, Jeremy was like, mom at youth group, they taught us like, we gotta pray. So I'm gonna pray for you. So he prayed for my neck and shoulder that night. And so it didn't immediately feel better. But actually that night I had a dream that um, I saw Pastor Shu in heaven and he gave me a hug like this. And then um, in the dream, I saw him and he gave me the hug. And then I, I turned around to other people and I was, cause there was like a group of people gathered. And I was like, anyone who needs a hug from Pastor Shu, get in line. <laughs> that was my dream but I woke up and when I woke up I realized that my back was healed the stiffness that I'd been struggling with all week was completely healed and I was like did the Lord heal me in in my dream through the touch and I really feel like he did honestly because I haven't struggled with it since um but I felt like it was an invitation for so many of us right now is that we, um, there, if you are in pain, whether physically or internally, emotionally, many of us have pain, deep pain. I feel like there is an invitation for healing if we proactively like seek the Lord for it. Um, proact and by proactive, I don't just mean in prayer and in the word, although I do mean that, but also just seeking that community. That takes vulnerability and it takes physical action to do so. So it's funny because in the dream, I said to people, get in line. And that even is proactive. If you want a hug from Pastor Shu, get in line. <laughs> And even that, but that is proactive is like you are seeking something you are asking from a touch from heaven. And um, I, I, I can't fully unpack that dream. I'm not sure. I think the Lord will reveal layers to me over the years. But to me, Pastor Shu absolutely represents a father. And so I just want to bless you guys with that thought is if you are in pain, get in community and often there will be in a godly, holy, holy spirit seeking, inner healing seeking, like healing community. And I really believe that there will be freedom for you and that the Lord will encounter your faithfulness to even just take those steps out of insecurity, out of shame, being willing to be vulnerable again. So 
just want to encourage you guys with that. So Heejung actually had a little interpretation of the dream I just shared about Pastor Fred Shu. So Heejung, could you um, share with us what you thought? Yeah, as you're sharing the dream, Eunice, well, I was thinking, like you said, Pastor Fred re represents such a father figure in the kingdom. He surely was for us, right? For you right. and I, and Sam. So I was thinking that as you're beckoning other people, get in line. If you need a hug from Pastor Shu and you received, you received healing as a result of his hug, I felt like it was a beckoning for people to say, if you need healing, um, get in line because you, you need an encounter with the Father's love. Mm -hmm. And there's a psychology study that was done by secular uh, people that revealed that a child does not know who they are, who they really are till they know their father. They don't really know where they're going, et cetera, et cetera, this important um, fact about that. So I just thought your dream was so significant and it was a beckoning for the, the body of Christ to encounter Father's love for healing. Wow, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, for those who aren't familiar with our old pastor, he is the one that we shared about on our podcast uh, this past fall who passed away. And so he definitely was a father to many and we are so grateful for his legacy. And for sure, I feel like his legacy is living on through his natural family, but also his spiritual family throughout the world. I know in our lives, he has made a huge impact and in Pastor Sam and He Jung's lives. And so, um, yeah, so, so grateful for him. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this conversation I had today. And I really pray God that God would just encounter your heart in whatever area that he is, he might be highlighting through this conversation in your own life, that he would bring a healing touch and that you would truly um, seek that community uh, that he Jung's talking about just an awesome community of healing. Um, and so thank you guys. I hope that you have an amazing week and thank you again, Hee Jung. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, but what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.